born with a natural athletic ability. You kind of have to be born with an attractive face or body. You can make it better, but it's kind of this inborn stuff. <laughs> and here's the reality. That's not actually the case, is that we actually gave the women a choice. And we said, I'm, we're going to force you into a choice. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have the average Joe who was thoughtful and kind and funny and had self-confidence? Or would you rather have the guy who's so good-looking that he could be an Abercrombie model, who's the captain of the football team but thinks he's all that? Which would you rather have? 91% of the girls said, I'm going for the average Joe. Just don't make me go for the cocky guy. Okay, that's not a surprise to any woman in the room. And all the men are like, <laughs> she's lying. <laughs> but she's not. This is just so you are aware, guys. Put some of that same effort you put into going to the gym. <laughs> Take some of that effort and realize, you know what? You can learn this whole idea of approaching a girl with confidence. You can learn that. Sense of humor. You can work on that. Being thoughtful, oh, that's a huge one for girls. Old-fashioned gentlemanliness goes a very, very long way. And one of the things the girls said was they respected most in the guys was his willingness to take a risk and approach her, which is an art that has been lost in many cases today. I see all the girls going... Yes, yeah, some of the girls are, am I allowed to clap? <laughs> but realize, for the guys in the room, this has an enormous appealing impact, and it feels like a huge risk. But it's really not, because, again, you're looking at these girls, there's some girl that you might like, and think, she's amazing. There's no way she'd be interested in me. I'm not the buff body, athletic, and rich. Well, guess what? If you're an average Joe, your chances are just fine, okay? So just be aware that self-confidence is one of the reasons we wrote the books. That self-confidence comes from understanding what she needs, okay? So let me give you an example of what she needs so that you can kind of put this into a grid. And this, this is a, a shocker to many of the men, and it's shocker even to men who've been married for years and years and years, okay? which is that even the most, what you think of as the most amazing, self-confident girl, um, and eventually woman, and eventually wife, even in a great relationship, most women have this underlying question that's running underneath the surface that is kind of the equivalent on their end of the question that you have running in the, underneath the surface of, do I measure up, right? Am I any good at what I'm trying to do? Okay, the girl version of that is not about what we do. It's about, are we lovable? Am I special? Am I beautiful? Am I, am I going to be appealing to anybody? Am I liked? Am I worthy of being loved for who I am on the inside? For you as guys, it's all about what you do on the outside. Are you any good at what you do on the outside? For girls, it's, am I, am I special? special and worthy of being loved for who I am on the inside. And here's, again, they are looking to the people around them, especially you guys, for the answer to that question. Have you ever wondered, guys, have you ever wondered why so many girls, and this is something I've heard from so many guys, where they say, yeah, yeah, 
You say she wants the nice guy. You say she wants the nice average Joe. So why is she always going for the bad boy? Have any of you ever wondered that? Why does she go for the bad boy? This is the reason why. Because guess what? That bad boy who has that excessive seeming confidence and very few brain cells, <laughs> that, excess, that bad boy hears what that bad boy does. He slides up to her at the classroom and says, hey, beautiful. And even though something in the girl knows that this is just, okay, a few brain cells talking, <laughs> even though there's something in her that probably knows that, he thinks I'm beautiful. It speaks really deeply to something in that girl's heart that's questioning, am I special? Somebody noticed me. I must be special. And there's a tug towards that. And once you get into a relationship, realize, hopefully in a good relationship, once you get into a relationship, realize that she's still asking herself that question every day. Am I special? And that means, would he choose me all over again? That's what that means. And she needs to have regular reassurance about the answer to that question. And guess what, guys? This doesn't stop once you get married. A lot of guys think, you know, you walk the, she walks the aisle and you get married and, okay, done deal. On to the next thing, right? And, and don't realize that in a woman's brain there's no switch that gets flipped to the, oh, now I feel permanently loved position, okay? <laughs> and that a woman needs to know the answer to that question, am I worthy of being loved would he choose me all over again every day? Now, here's the thing. A lot of guys, when I do this at marriage conferences, my husband and I do marriage conferences a lot, and when we do marriage conferences at this point, I see all the men in the room go, oh, and they're saying to themselves, that was exhausting. Because I, 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 we, we say, just do what you did when you were dating, when you were pursuing her every day, right? And they're like, that was exhausting. I got married so I could stop doing that. <laughs> But just realize to the guys in the room, you know what? The littlest things will tell her, I would choose you all over again. The littlest things, reaching across and taking her hand when you are walking across a parking lot, that says, I would choose you all over again. These little things, like the little unexpected text message in the middle of the day, when you're busy but you're thinking about her and you send a quick text message saying, I care about you so much, that says, you are so special and I would choose you all over again. So just realize that this sense of reassurance for her is absolutely as imperative as it is for you to know that she admires you and that she's proud of you. It's the same thing, and it's powerful, and it's powerful enough that this one thing on its own, this certainty, he absolutely loves me. He will always be there for me. That certainty, she absolutely respects me. She appreciates me. She appreciates what I do. She's, she's, she's always for me. Those, that sense of certainty alone can get you through almost anything in life. And then, of course, we would say as believers, that sense of certainty in each other, that those things are there, wrapped up with the fact that we really have to rely on the Holy Spirit to understand how to relate and how to do this every day and rely on his power and not our own because, again, we are sinful, kind of stupid people sometimes. 
<laughs> that alone will be enough to carry through pretty much anything that you can think of in your life. It's why the Bible is so um, explicit about this. When the Bible, there's a lot of things in our modern world today that we have to kind of extrapolate and we kind of have to say, I think that this is what the Bible is saying on this. I think this is how it applies today. The, we don't even have to extrapolate. This is one of those areas that God left no one in any doubt. This whole area will carry you through. Okay. Um, one subject, real quickly, and then I, I want to um, I want to close because I want to give um, your leaders time for some announcements. But there's one subject that I'm sure people talk to you about a lot in the Christian community with single young men and women. Can anybody guess what subject that I'm talking about in the relationship arena? <laughs> I, love, I love how everybody goes, can I say it in a chapel? <laughs> can I say the word sex in a chapel? Okay, so I need to tell you what we found because this is so counterintuitive, but it is really important because all of those pressures are internal and external, and you need to at least know what the research has shown because this is where you really need to make informed decisions, not just based on what the Bible says and what you really truly are, for many people, trying to do, but also what the research says because it does have some ramifications. So let me tell you briefly, when Jeff and I were researching and writing for men only and for women only, and we were researching the married couples, I found this massive emotional um, consequence, this massive emotional ramification for the sexual relationship inside marriage. And it was all based on the fact that for a man, they, the husband, really wants to feel desired by his wife. This is this huge emotional ramification if he feels like she really wants him. And, and so I was so taken by that idea. Like it was, I'd always thought of it as just a physical need and a physical urge and a physical desire. And instead it was this, wow, it was this huge emotional component. And so when we'd started the research with the single young men and women for, for young men and for young women only, I thought as an analyst, huh, if there's this emotional thing that's happening inside marriage, which coincidentally is what the Bible says it's designed for, I wondered, again, just purely as an analyst, if there was an emotional thing if it was happening outside marriage, where the Bible says it's not designed for. I was curious what I would find. Oh, my gosh. When we did the surveys, the let me talk to the, the, what we found with the men first. The single young men said they admitted they're probably the ones trying to talk their girlfriend into it. But two-thirds of the guys said as soon as she did, they started to doubt whether they could ever trust her again. Two-thirds of the guys said that. And this isn't us saying it or a youth pastor or a parent or something. This is the guys themselves saying this. And it's almost like the way they put it, it's almost like that feeling of being desired is so powerful that if that switch is flipped outside of a lifetime marriage commitment, he starts worrying that she's going to go give this powerful feeling to somebody else. He doesn't 
want to be worried about that. It just kind of happens, and it sort of undermines the relationship they were probably trying to build. And on the girls' side, the numbers were even higher. 82% of the girls said they had hormones too, they had physical desires too, but as soon as they crossed that line, 82% of the girls said they started worrying about losing him because it, they knew it was happening outside of a lifetime marriage commitment. And so they started feeling a little insecure and a little more possessive and a little clingy and kind of, we're going to be spending all of our time together now, right? Sort of this feeling that basically this insecure, insecure, possessive, clingy girlfriend is not what the average teenage boy was going for. And it again, it undermined the relationship they were probably trying to build. And it, it, was, it was this huge wake-up call for me, because I'd never known any of this, um, but I saw the data come out, and I realized, okay, slap me upside the head, this is one reason why God says wait till marriage. And it is because God, is God knows that this is the emotional consequence, this is the ramification, and he's trying to spare us. Now, obviously, God also has grace for those of us in the room who've made that mistake, but how much better to avoid the mistake to begin with or to start over again without that baggage. So just so you're aware, that, is a, that was a big deal. It was a big finding. It was very statistically significant. So just be aware of that as you go because I know everybody wants to make informed decisions and sometimes it's helpful <laughs> to know this stuff ahead of time. Uh, the last thing, really briefly, I want to tell you before we close one of the biggest surprises that I got on the survey came at the very end. I gave the, the, the men and the women, the guys and the girls, I gave them a blank space. And I said, you know, we've talked about all this stuff. What's the one most important thing that you wish your girlfriend knew? What's the one most important thing you wish guys knew? And feel like you can't explain or, or say out loud. But what would be the one most important thing? And, and initially, I thought it would be a chance for people to kind of vent and say, here's what I need that I'm not getting. And instead, when I got the spreadsheets back with the hundreds of responses, I was so touched because the response was this overwhelming. The guys overwhelmingly said they wish they could tell girls, don't compromise yourself. Just be yourself. Recognize if you're in a relationship how much we care about you. And that was an enormous, um, enormously encouraging finding. And on the guy's side, for you guys to know that the girls said, please recognize you don't have to be perfect. Just be yourself. And it was, I was realizing how much goodwill there was between men and women towards each other and how important that was as a spur or a, or a catalyst for tr us trying to learn some of these things about each other that we just didn't know. Because one of the overarching things that Jeff and I have found in all these years of research is truly this, that men and women and these relationships, we really do have goodwill towards each other and we are trying so hard. And once we start trying hard in the right areas, it's absolutely life-changing. And I think it really will. You can see even this little information, how it really help, will help lay a foundation for the next years of your life. Okay, I think we're probably out of time. Is Chris around?